Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hello, everybody. Perry here to let you know that Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans, where you can binge the new and highly touted original series, Titans, or jump into the beloved yet bizarre Doom Patrol with new episodes dropping weekly. Also, check out the thousands of comics just added, including more recent titles and complete storylines. Join at DCUniverse.com. In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you, or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It is Monday and you are back for Movie Talk. We're breaking down the Us box office. On top of that, we have our very first trailer for the Dora the Explorer movie. And then on top of that, there was a little Apple event today. Steven Spielberg might have been there. So I guess he's Team Apple and not Netflix. I don't know. We're going to dig into it. We're going to explain all the details of what went down earlier today and Spielberg's involvement. You know who I'm going to do it with today. I've got Haley and Roka with me. Hi, hi. How are you guys doing? How are your weekends? 
It was an eventful weekend. It was an eventful weekend, to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, very good. But I'm very very happy, though, that we find out now that Spielberg has always been Team Aniston. It was never Team Jolie, thanks to that Apple Plus event. So we've we've settled the decades-long question now for Spielberg. I'm so happy. Well, that was one direction to take it in. Glad (laughs) that's covered. We're going to jump into our very first story for the day. And as always on Mondays, we cover the box office. And it was a big weekend at the box office because Top Spot went to us with $70.25 million, and that total makes it the third largest opening of all time for an R-rated horror movie, basically crushing the Nuns total, which was $53.8 million, and it also puts it right behind last year's Halloween, which opened up with $76.2 million. Second place went to Captain Marvel, which dipped 48.5% and took in another $35 million. At this point in its run, it is already the 10th largest domestic release in the MCU, and it's just outside the top 20 among all superhero films. So right now, the global total for Captain Marvel is at $910 million. Only a matter of time before it crosses the billion-dollar mark. And looking at some of the movies lower down in the list here, we've got Wonder Park at number three, dropped 43%, made another $9 million. Then it was five feet apart, which took in another $8.75 million. And then finally, rounding out the top five at the box office, we had How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. That one made a Another $6.5 million. Its grand total worldwide right now is, I, I believe it's $494.9 million. So that means it's passing the first How to Train Your Dragon, but odds are at this point it's coming nowhere close to the sequel, which has a grand total of $621.5 million worldwide. That's a lot of money. But backtracking now, we're talking about us right now, which made a crazy amount this week. And so, Haley, that big, big number. One, what do you think it means for Jordan Peele as a filmmaker going forward? And two, what does this do for the horror genre? Well, I mean, it's obviously great for both. And uh, he's on a roll anyway. So even if this had not done as well as they were hoping, he would have the Twilight Zone and Lovecraft Country coming up to sort of boost his, you know, credibility not that he needs it at this point Mm. but this is great for him now he's kind of unstoppable right who's gonna tell him no you can't do what you want to do when he made two genuinely original horror movies that blew up i i the thing about this that is so exciting to me is that it is an original horror movie and like no shade against franchise horror films i love them i love it But to see a film that was just completely from this guy's brain that had no... These are, I mean, like, Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke are... People love them, but they're not the stars that you would Mm. think of that are going to sell a movie and land the number one movie at the box office. It's fabulous news all Mm -hmm. around. I'm thrilled. It only says good things for horror. I, you know, but how often do we have this conversation? Like, an original film did really well. No studios are going to listen. Probably not. They're probably going to take <laughs> the wrong lesson, which is usually what happens. They'll be like, but this would be great, too, if they were like, no, we need horror movies starring black families. Awesome. That'd be a great lesson to take away. I just hope they take away one of the good ones. I'm feeling pretty hopeful about yeah. that because it does seem like more than one studio out there is backing Jordan Peele. And it does seem like Jordan Peele is, you know, I know he's doing Twilight Zone and some things aren't entirely original, but he does seem like a very thoughtful filmmaker across the board where he's doing more than just rehashing something we've seen before. So I do have a very good feeling that this is going to, you know, continue to 
to pave the way to more original films and studios taking bigger chances. My fear is always that it's just going to be like, well, it's because people love doppelgangers. We need more doppelganger movies, <laughs> you know? Just like uh, people just love movies where everyone's quiet. So yeah, we need more exactly. quiet place movies. I hope that's not the case. <laughs> when I saw that grand total, though, for this weekend, I couldn't believe it because when i filed my box office predictions i was already way above the predicted like 40 million high 40 million dollar mark that most were were putting it in and i went 55 million and i'm like all right it might be a little high we'll see what happens wow 70 plus million is absolutely nuts and i'm so happy for it because as many know it is my favorite movie of the year thus far and even though it's only march that means a lot to me (laughs) but the thing is the movie did get the b cinema score and Get Out had an A minus cinema score. So after having that big $33 million opening, it then had long legs, which led to such a big overall total at the box office. So, Roca, yeah. is this B cinema score a bad sign for weekend two and then the weeks to come? I, I, I think obviously the weekend will tell us it was a bad sign, but it's really a little bit slightly troubling sign. I've heard from a number of people within our own offices and outside of our own offices who didn't. 100% like us and had some issues with some of the plot and some had some questions about it. I loved it. I had a great time in there. And I know you loved it as well, Perry. So uh, I'm not sure what Haley's thoughts are on it. Very positive. Very positive. Good. There you go. But there are some people who didn't. And so the B plus, the B cinema score actually didn't surprise me because I think it left some people with some questions so that you combine this with, with uh, Dumbo and then with uh, Shazam on the, you know, on the horizon, this could spell doom for it overall. But I think you come out the gate, you made your statement in the first weekend, you 70 million, pretty incredible statement to make from Jordan Peele with a second film coming out in this way. But you start to wonder is we'll see how Twilight Zone is now. We'll see how the Lovecraft stuff is. Will it hit the same notes that Get Out did? It doesn't mean that Us isn't still an excellent film. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I think there are there's enough people now that maybe in the back of their minds have a little bit of a question and a box. I said 35. I meant 35 times 2 uh, when I said 35 million. <laughs> I was so wrong on this. I couldn't believe how wrong I was on this. And that speaks to, and what you said, Haley, is an interesting point. That speaks to Jordan Peele's appeal and power now over one movie and also obviously developed over uh, Key and Peele but this Get Out really just pushed so far the narrative of Jordan Peele and what he's doing here and people wanted to come and get scared and enjoy themselves and he crosses so many generations I mean so many segments of film of the film going public you have the African American and the black public you have the general public you have all combined and I think that's what you really want to do is achieve your success across all spectrum and he certainly is doing that and I do nothing but applaud that I actually think the B Cinema score is not going to hurt it all that much. Okay. I know that there's a mixed reaction to it, and I think that's just the nature of when you make a more challenging film like mm. this. But I also think, ugh, I hate using the term FOMO, but it's like FOMO, the need to know. I just have a feeling like this conversation mm. is overtaking yeah. pop culture in a way that if you didn't see it last weekend, you're going to want to rush in mm-hmm. and see it as fast as you possibly can. And for those who did like it, because that B Cinema score is not a bad score by any means, especially when you're considering the fact that it's a horror movie. So all those people who loved it, myself included, Mm -hmm. 
are going to go back and they're going to see it again. And I think before you know it, we might see a very small drop because I don't know how much box office faith I have in Dumbo this week. And so I don't know if a new release like that is what's going to be the thing that stops this one dead in its tracks. Interesting. I agree with that. I think you said the word before I got to it. It's a conversation film. It's a water cooler conversation. People want to talk about it. They want to share their theories. And when she reached the second especially third but realistically mm-hmm. online when she reads the second weekend you're reaching the window when people are just going to start spoiling everything yeah, everywhere true. it's not right but people do it um i i think that's a big drive and I, I think that coming off of get out and knowing how much that started a conversation that lasted forever people wanted to be a part of that it's interesting you mentioned it being a horror movie in the cinema score because uh, this is much more violent film mm. than Get Out was, mm-hmm. just viscerally. And I think that a lot of people don't react super well to that kind of violence in their mm. films when maybe Get Out was a little more palatable for people mm-hmm. who aren't super into horror. I think that's definitely reasonable. And just because this is what we were talking about before, and I like fantasizing about what's to come, we know that this is film number two of a Jordan Peele-directed quartet of movies that taps into similar themes and ideas. So... Can you give me a prediction of what he's going to tackle in his next movie? Is there any like glaring thing out there that you think would be perfect for a filmmaker like him? Because while, while you think, I'll tell you exactly what came to mind when we were discussing this before Showtime, is Haley watched the entirety of the Apple announcement today, and you were talking about the credit cards and just everybody applauding over and over like robots, and how scary that idea is that a company like Apple can take over in quite that way. And I don't know, I just have a feeling that rising technology like that, or maybe even the film and television industry by itself, that could be like some really juicy material for peel to sink his teeth into that's good stuff you say that i would really like to see him direct an episode of black mirror mm-hmm. that would be wonderful mm-hmm. um probably seen as a competition to the twilight zone i know though. i know <laughs> uh i think that he i i mean there's a lot of horror to be mined from gender and sexuality especially over mm-hmm. the last few years uh in that conversation but i don't i don't know maybe that he's the filmmaker to do it i think he could but i don't know if that's like you know, he has things he very much wants to say about disenfranchised people, about race, and I'm not sure that he, as a man, feels that much interest in exploring gender stuff, but if he does, I'd like to see it. You look stressed, Roka. Yeah, no, no, I was just thinking about it, you know, because you look at, well, is there something to explore? Initially, my first thought is, oh, the police stuff that happens in the community, you know, because all of his films have a social, the last two, these two films have a social aspect to them. But he already explored that in Get Out with uh, uh, the end sequence of the film, end scene of the film. So is there something maybe college to explore? Is there something within a school situation to explore? Child horror. Is there a child horror bent now? We did see kind some of that in us, but like a full on, like almost like an it style thing with all kids. Mm -hmm. What do they? explore within the integration or whatever you have going on there i think that's a possibility for him to explore because he has he does not shy away from these issues and he does them in a very subtle way which i thoroughly appreciate in how he approaches his work so that would be exciting for me to see well he's clearly into goonies so maybe there'll be another goonies reference in the next one i'm down with that watch that in a heartbeat it's that little chico pit boom mr 305 but it said mr worldwide and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you gotta play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. 
It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, Collider fans, this is John Roca, frequent panelist on Movie Talk. Once again, Collider Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com and get sucked into new original series like the highly touted Titans or jump into Doom Patrol, DC's most beloved team of super freaky superheroes. Featuring an incredible cast of Joy Van Way, Diane Guerrero, April Balby, Alan Tudyk, Matt Bomber, and Brendan Fraser, with new episodes dropping weekly. Or get your comic book fix with thousands of new comic titles just added to an already impressive comic library. This includes more recent titles and complete storylines like Superman's Secret Origin, Batman 2011, and Harley Quinn 2013. Also available on the platform are tons of the classic DC movies we love like Batman, Batman Returns, and the original Superman movie. If animated films are more your speed, join now because the new Justice League versus the Fatal Five is coming soon. DC Universe is available on your favorite devices, so if you were thinking about it before now's definitely the time join and get a year's worth of dc content at dcuniverse.com it's that little chico pitbull mr 305 but it said mr worldwide and i'm here to tell you about my new podcast from negative to positive brought to you by my friends over at state farm i believe that to have success you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you you know the biggest risk you take is not taking one it's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money especially when it comes to insurance State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we're going to move on to story number two right now, which is the Steven Spielberg topic of the day. We've been revisiting this a lot because it keeps developing. So as you probably know, earlier today, Apple had another big event, and it was largely focused on unveiling their streaming service, Apple TV. There were a whole bunch of famous faces there, but one in particular sparked some serious discussion today. And of course, it was Steven Spielberg who appeared in a dramatic short film about the power of creative of content. He apparently received a standing ovation in the theater and many clapped for him, which apparently they clapped for everything there. But many that were watching at home were kind of shocked to see him up there supporting a streaming platform after his comments about Netflix's eligibility for the Academy Awards. So... Oh, man, lots to dig into here. Roca, how do you read this? Is this basically Spielberg being a hypocrite? Or are there finer details here that we're not really examining based on that title 
broadly overall. Yeah, I think you can maybe parcel, parcel this out and have a separate discussion point by point. But the optics are what big companies care about. And this optic looks like hypocrisy from Spielberg saying Netflix films that are streamed on, on, on Netflix should not and don't get a theatrical release should not be considered for Oscars. Well, I hate to break this to Stephen, but Apple is going to release films, streaming service, theatrical level films on their streaming service that could be considered for awards. In fact, there was an animated film that they were trying to get considered for a best animated feature as well. So this feels this. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, sounds like a, it is a duck. And this feels to me like hypocrisy on Steven Spielberg's level. But it's not the first time he's done this. We, we were talking about this earlier in a meeting. Like a few uh, decades ago, he didn't want DVDs. and like DVDs. He didn't want people to be able to watch his movies over and over again without paying for it every time. Him and George Lucas came up with some kind of system where you could get the movie for like three days. And then the movie would stop working after three days. Then you'd have to pay for it again. And so this is how this may be another thing where he was trying to like move away from netflix but support apple plus because they had signed a deal with him that being said that five minute black and white movie was an interesting movie to watch it was it certainly felt like one of those oscar uh, montages that yeah. you'll see in in the oscars sometimes and certainly a lot of great people were involved but with spielberg it does feel and it's uncomfortable because we all grew up on spielberg we all love spielberg and we're like what is this? is this an, the old is he the old man now yelling at the sky or or is this more of an opportunistic situation and he's a little more cutthroat than you thought even though he makes all these beautiful family films is he a little more cutthroat than we thought so it's a lot of uncomfortable feelings that's when what i'll say earn a haley head shake like the one i just caught out of the corner of my eye you know you're in trouble all right i'm not even gonna move on from this what do you take uh from spielberg's comments is this an issue that he is basically saying he doesn't like one thing but then going to do the same thing in another company or is this are we kind of drawing the line between series and feature formats here what's going on okay so i think my take isn't going to be as hot as you expected based on that that head shake <laughs> because that was that was about the the dvd, the DVD thing, thing yeah. which still is like one of the most privileged perspectives i've ever heard Truth. you should pay for my movie every time you watch it <laughs> anyway uh for this no i think it's it's complicated in that we don't know what Apple is doing yet. So far, he's only involved in TV. Of course, they're going to eventually make movies, but we don't actually know the details of their strategy on distribution. So they very much could favor going theatrical before going to the streaming service. We don't know. They consider themselves innovators and pioneers. So I doubt they're going to do exactly mm-hmm. what Netflix does. It's not a good look. Obviously, I mean, when his face was up there and it looks like it looks like an Apple logo, like part of the logo, that's a bad look. It's, um, you know, we have to see how it unfolds. And I don't the thing is, like, so you mentioned to me before the show that he had a meetup with Ted Sarandos and Jeffrey Katzenberg, I believe, was just at South by and saying, like, he had just spoken to Spielberg and Mm -hmm. he's not anti Netflix. Which we kind of know that's not true because last night, uh, not last night, last year, when he was promoting Ready Player One, he called them TV movies. And there were reports that um, he had not told but encouraged people to not vote for Roma in order to support the theatrical experience. Uh, Yeah, so that's all not good. But I will say specifically at this moment right now, he's not 
being a hypocrite yet. Depending on what Mar or not Marvel, what Apple does with their distribution plans, and if he only remains involved in the television format. That is not untrue, and maybe it isn't fair to brand him a hypocrite, but it's almost like a like a cry wolf kind of thing at this point, where if you yell about Netflix so often and then align yourself yeah. with basically the same thing but with a different brand name, mm. that's seriously problematic for me. And I, I hadn't heard the uh, the Roma thing, too. That's, that's a big that's bummer. That's very, very upsetting to me because, I mean, basically both things, his statements that Netflix movies are only TV movies and if he is urging people not to or if he did urge people not to vote for Roma that's not a supportive community back mm -hmm. when uh, when I went to South by I did an interview for a movie called The Wall of Mexico read about it it's not as straightforward <laughs> as you think it is but Jackson Rathbone was there and he did not hold back in the least when it came to calling out Spielberg for his comments and most of his take on it was largely about the idea of of community and giving new people and new voices opportunities and someone who is at like the tippy top of that ladder like Steven Spielberg shouldn't be putting people and filmmakers and other movies down. He should be trying to support and bolster new voices and it's almost like this whole thing is doing the exact opposite. Maybe he will do that with whatever series he's working on over at Apple but I don't know. I think he really has to get his story straight because the combination of all of this right now, whether this is hypocritical of him or not is still rubbing me the wrong way. I think that's totally fair. And I agree that he should not be shuttering voices, so to speak, or especially if it is true. Again, I just heard, I think it was on a podcast, maybe Ann Thompson reported on that he had been encouraging people not to vote for Roma because he wants to support the theatrical experience. I understand his fear in general is that the theatrical experience is going to die, which is as a, you know, old school filmmaker, very precious to him. I don't think that's valid enough to in any way stifle other filmmakers. Exactly. But, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, but I do maintain that at this current moment, despite you know how we all feel about it, he is not in actuality doing anything hypocritical at this moment. And I also think it's important to consider that possibly we have all created an echo chamber of reporting wherein we have reported on this so much more than he mm -hmm. actually has talked about it. Well, there's a, I, it's, a, it's an image thing. There's a willful ignorance from his end as well. I mean, this is a guy who snuck on to the lot and created himself right. an <laughs> office to to fool people that he was an actual filmmaker. This is how he became a filmmaker. This is a legendary story that Spielberg snuck off onto a tour, found an open office, and then set himself up in that office and went to that office every day until people started to actually believe he was a filmmaker. And this is how he got into the situation. And he was part of that 70s filmmaking crew that rolled in and destroyed the old crew of filmmakers who were making movies, who were trying to make movies at that time. So this idea that he is now the old filmmakers you know, like railing against the young people, and the it's it's mind blowing to me how willful, how willfully ignorant he's being of his own heritage, his own beginning, his own rebellious beginning. Netflix is rebellious in this way, and what they're doing. Apple TV, not so. Not if you're given a credit card, that's not rebellious. <laughs> that's that's freaking corporate takeover. And I hope to God they don't buy a theater, and that's how they claim theatrical distribution is putting in a New York theater and L.A. theater, and then running their movies for a week in each of those theaters and then claiming theatrical uh, distribution so they can be considered for Oscars. I think that's, that's illegal. That's an end around. 
I don't know. Disney has the L cap. Didn't Netflix just want to do the same thing and it kind of got shut down? I don't I don't recall. I, I think so. Okay. I, I'm not an expert in law. Clearly, that's why I do this. <laughs> but uh, if, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I do think you kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head, so to speak, with the idea that I will always respect him as a filmmaker sure. and a director. I mean, he made my favorite movie right. of all time. And, you know, ultimately, however the cards fall with the scenario, I will always look forward to the next Steven Spielberg film. I think the issue that I have with all of this and how it's panning out is that he's putting his love of the theatrical experience above new voices. And if we stifle those new voices, the industry overall is never going to grow and it's going to collapse onto itself. So trying so desperately that way to preserve the theater experience, I feel like in the long run, it's not even going to be worth it. I'd love for him to come out and just do some like real quotes instead of all yeah. this. What we heard behind closed doors or, that he's been doing this. It's all very political. Or statements and, through Amblin. Like, no yeah. more of that. Just come out and set Say the what record you straight. Well, yeah. There's What's, also hypocrisy here because Apple Plus, you think, is going to push new filmmakers and create opportunities for new filmmakers. Right. So, how come it's good for one side but not the other? And this is where what you're saying, Perry, this idea of stifling new voices. Well, he won't stifle if you're on Apple Plus, <laughs> but he'll stifle if you're on Netflix. That's troubling. And I, I think at the end of the day, he, I think what you're right, Haley, he's got to come out and clarify this. You know, Barbara Streisand misspoke or said some terrible things about the uh, two people involved in the Michael Jackson documentary. She walked those comments back immediately. The fact Spielberg hasn't is very, very interesting to me. That's wow. true. That's pretty telling that he hasn't issued any clarity. Has, mm-hmm. Not at all. Even though we have covered it more than he has actually mm-hmm. said. Exactly. But he hasn't given anything else to cover. I mean, it's why I think the echo chamber thing isn't the worst thing in the world because, I mean, we're news outlets. We're going to cover the latest update. And if that's a problem on his end, then, you know, stand up and yeah. set the record straight and kind of put us on the right track here if this isn't what your original intentions were. Yeah. It's concerning, especially with the position of power he holds in the Academy. Mm-hmm. And I, I certainly, as I, I believe I've said on a different show, I don't even believe that uh, the, the limits of theatrical distribution are... I, I hate that anyway, because so many of my favorite movies never get to go to theaters. Mm-hmm. So I hate that those movies aren't valid for these awards. Hey, well, hopefully in the very near future, we'll be sitting here at this table and we're going to be telling you about an official statement straight from Spielberg <laughs> himself. Fingers crossed for that. Before we move on to our next story, I must remind you, we take your live Twitter questions at the end of the show. Send them on in. Use the hashtag Collider Movie Talk. Some very good advice if you want your question picked. Don't repeat questions. I can't keep track of how many we did and we didn't do. So send in new, original, short and sweet questions. All right. Next story here is going back to Justice League. So, director Zack Snyder recently spoke about his original plans for Justice League and why they were changed at a screening of the director's cut of Batman vs. Superman. So, just to recap a little for you right now, Snyder basically launched the DCEU in 2013 with Man of Steel. That was then fi- that was then uh, followed by 2016's Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. That film wound up grossing 873.6 million dollars worldwide, but Warner Brothers wasn't thrilled about it because it had two of the most iconic heroes of all time in it. So they had concerns, and this then posed a problem for Justice League, which was due to start uh, production less than a month after BVS 
hit theaters. The film's production wound up going forward, but with the script having been reworked. And then by May of 2017, Snyder stepped down as director. In came Joss Whedon. He was going to oversee reshoots, but also he did enough rewriting on that script to get himself a co-writer credit. So the big questions we're basically left with right now are what happened to Justice League and what was Snyder making before WB got cold feet with this whole idea? So we're going to dig into this a little right now because um, Stephen M. Colbert on Twitter basically recapped some of Snyder's quotes at this event. And what he said was, when this movie came out, understand that Chris Terrio and I had finished the script to Justice League before BVS came out. Some people didn't like the movie, a vocal minority. So they said, there's a lot of stuff we don't want you to do. So we did a rewrite from that script. So the original Justice League script we didn't even shoot the really scary version because we were really nervous after the response Roca, after yeah. all this talk of a Snyder cut, we want the Snyder cut. Does it surprise you that it doesn't exist at all? Yeah, I'm. I'm look like Spielberg. I'm glad we finally got an answer and we got a clarification of what was actually going on. So there never was. But that being said, listen, I spent two hours Sunday morning, yesterday morning, trying to find every clip possible this Q and A because I had to miss it because of a certain event over the weekend, and I really <laughs> wanted to go to these screenings with Watchmen and BBS. I hate BBS, but I would have loved to have heard Snyder's conversation been in the room for these Q&As, and from what I understand, and this goes back to the time he did it at Comic-Con, I was there when he drove the Batmobile out uh, in the air. I have video of it still. This guy does love superheroes. This guy had a vision for this Justice League, for this whole universe that he was creating. It is dark AF, that's for sure, and certainly would have challenged people in what he was trying to do. There's no Snyder Cut. Great. But what he spoke about, what him and Terrio's script was going to be, that would have been gutsy as hell to do. Almost as gutsy as a certain company having their villain kill half of the galaxy. So to me, I'm, I, I love this idea of what he proposed. I would have loved to have seen him finish his Justice League. Maybe Warner Brothers going all the way to the end with him, but it was too much to ask because of the response, which I think he unfairly said was a vocal minority. Listen, if your film, if Captain Marvel already destroyed the entire box office run in three weeks of what Zack did with, with uh, Batman versus Superman. So that tells you there it was more than a vocal minority that was having issues with this situation. So to me, it was great to hear him talk about it. I would love to have heard him talk about it for three or four hours because I'm a, I'm a bit of a Snyder file. But that being said, I'm glad this is done now. Mm-hmm. We know there's no Snyder cut. But what he was going to do, that's the real loss here. To have seen him try to create the anti-life equation, apocalypse, go to the go cosmic with it, it would have been insane but and maybe it would have worked just to paint a brief picture for what he did have planned he said the truth is that the nightmare sequence in the movie is always something that i intended to explain and we ended up in a future earth where superman has succumbed to the anti-life equation and there's a few surviving members of the justice league and a broken cyborg was working with batman to send flash back to warn bruce there was a scene in the trailer apparently it didn't make it into the movie where bruce says to flash Bruce says Flash came to him and warned him that Lois was the key and something darker was coming. Haley, based on a description like this, do you think Warner Brothers made the right move with how they handled Justice League or was there a better way to go about it? 
Uh, ooh, I don't, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well, so not really. I don't think that was the right move. I, I mean, I also, I truly, I truly do not like Batman v Superman. Mm. It's just not a movie for me in, in any way. But, uh, even though I enjoyed watching Justice League more, it was less painful for me to sit through. It was like, it's, it's not as interesting. Mm-hmm. And if they had just let him do his vision, that would be more interesting. I don't know. And I also, like, I'm, I'm going to be the annoying, like, stickler for details on the show today, I guess, the, the little rabble rouser. <laughs> he didn't actually say there wasn't a Snyder Cut. I'm not, like, a Snyder Cut truther. He said he wrote a script they didn't get to make. He didn't say yes. that he didn't have a cut well, of the but they movie. didn't shoot it. Right. Well, they didn't shoot that version Anyway, so there just, there could there technically could be a Snyder there could cut, technically, but not a yeah, there could technically right. be a Snyder yes. cut that yeah. just wasn't his original vision for Justice right. League. Yes, that I, which I think could worth clarifying. Snyder yeah. WB cut. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes, the slightly de-Snyderified <laughs> Snyder cut. Snyder cut. The de-Snyder uh, cut. No, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting <laughs> question because it's like, do I have any interest in seeing that movie? No, not especially. I mm. really didn't like Batman v Superman, and I think you're right. The numbers prove that it wasn't a vocal mi- yeah. minority. Um, but also, I, it's more interesting, and isn't interesting always a little better? I, I think that's it, because James Wan, everyone's like, James Wan swung for the fences, swung for the fences. So did Zach with yeah. what he was creating. And listen, for you people who aren't deep into the superhero lore of this, the anti-life equation means there's no point in being happy that all of it is a lie. So the black Superman outfit would have mirrored that. And so to have seen Superman go evil, Apocalypse go through the boom tube and kill Lois, holy shit. I'm sorry, you're going to be fired. But like, holy crap, I would have loved to have seen that and seen what would they have done with that uh, version of the Justice League and go all the way dark and then swing back around and then everybody learns a lesson. You come out a stronger Justice League. Bruce and Flash and a broken cyborg have to figure this thing out. All of it sounds exciting as hell. As soon as but, I heard you say kill Lois, though, I'm like, no, I don't want to see that. But, but, but yeah. Thanos killed half the galaxy, and so it's yeah. like he didn't care. And so to me, just one person would have been as equal, I think, for fans, just like your reaction. Fans would have reacted that way, too, just like they did when they saw Thanos kill half the galaxy. He's like, oh, my God, he killed Lois. What the hell happens now? Imagine that cliffhanger at the end of the movie. You're like, i got to wait six months for this? It, it just would have been, gen- been genius to try. That being said, Man of Steel, fantastic. BVS, not so much. So you would, it would have been a crapshoot, Perry, honestly. Yeah, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. So at this point in time, I'm like, why don't you just let Snyder do his thing yeah. and at least take the swing and give it a shot? But we don't really have that luxury anymore. And just to clarify, we have someone named Kevin Francis tri- chiming in on Twitter right now. And maybe he was at the event because he's saying, again, the vocal minority comment was a sarcastic comment. And he laughed. It was a joke. So oh, okay. for anybody okay. picking on Good. that... If Kevin was really there and that was how he expressed himself, that's, I mean, that is the challenge about sharing quotes in black and white on the internet is sometimes you don't know precisely how it was said. So thank you for chiming in on that, Kevin. Thanks, Kev. Yeah. Always got our backs. He also talked about deconstructing the superhero myth. So all of that, there's, if you haven't seen any of the clips, go find the clips. They're out there and uh, get a full picture like Kevin did. Mm -hmm. Get a full picture of what he was actually saying. It's fun to explore. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to dig in right after this. Hey guys, Haley here, letting you know that Movie Talk is brought to you by DC Universe, the first all-DC platform for us DC fans. Join at DCUniverse.com to stream the original series Doom Patrol, new episodes dropping weekly. For those not familiar with Doom Patrol, they're one of the most beloved and bizarre superhero crews out there, with each member having suffered a previous horrific injury that now gets 
gives them unique superpowers. They have united as a squad of super freaks to fight for a world that ironically wants nothing to do with them. The star-studded cast is led by Joyvin Wade as Cyborg, Diane Guerrero as Crazy Jane, April Bowlby as Elastigirl, Alan Tudyk as Mr. Nobody, with Matt Bomer as Negative Man and Brendan Fraser as Robot Man. Enjoy Doom Patrol as well as other series, thousands of added comics, animated films, and classic DC movies on the Ultimate DC platform, DC Universe, available on your favorite devices. Join today and get a year's worth of DC content at DCUniverse.com. We have one more story to hit today, though, and it is the very first trailer for Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Why are you laughing already? Some Snyder to Dora. It's perfect transition. So, <laughs> this one is scripted by uh, Nicholas Stoller, and it stars Isabel Moner as the title character here. Michael Pena and Eva Logoria play her parents. Boots the Monkey is voiced by Danny Trejo, and Benicio Del Toro voices Swiper the Thieving Fox. Dora and the Lost City of Gold hits theaters on August 2nd, so you guys seem really perky about Dora. Does this trailer do anything for you, or do you get a little concerned that maybe this isn't a fun-for-the-whole-family type film, but rather something that is more geared towards younger moviegoers? Yeah, I'm too old. I'm just too old. (laughs) I missed the boat on the the show when it was on TV. I've missed the boat on this trailer. There are parts of it I enjoyed, um, but the humor definitely speaks to a younger audience. Roca. Oh, I'm a listen. <laughs> Old um, man Roca. It certainly isn't you know my <laughs> age range. That being said, though, I am extremely happy to see a full Latino cast playing full Latino characters. I'm incredibly happy to see that with Isabella Owner, Michael Peña, Eva Longoria, uh, and uh, Eugenio Derbez. It's always nice to see him in stuff. He's very, very funny. Tamar Morrison, obviously not Latino. He is, uh, a, I think, New Zealander. And so to see him in this is great. I always love Tamar Morrison. So, But overall, this is not my humor, but I can see this appealing. This does feel like a film for the whole family. If, you're, you know, if you've got a young, uh, a young, young children in your family, and look, What have we said? This is a female lead in a female action film. This is an action film, and this is a positive thing going forward. So for me, I champion this coming out. I hope it does well. I hope it helps Isabella get even further in her career, because I think she's definitely a young, talented actress to watch as she progresses. Uh, And it's nice to see Pena doing stuff. And yeah, but some of the humor, I I aged out of some of the humor. So, you know, the whole like, do, 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 the rape. Nobody says raves anymore, so I don't know what Pena's talking about. Maybe that's a dad joke, so it works. But overall, I, I, I like that at least this is out there for people to go to see and see if it makes money. And if it does make money, hopefully there'll be more stories mm-hmm. to tell from the Dora world because there's a lot of a rich history there. Well, one of our viewers has a lot of faith in Isabella Monaire as well because Anthony Shannon was tweeting, really think Isabella Monaire is destined for big things. Yep. Instant Family with Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne was such a pleasant surprise. Right. While Dora the Explorer doesn't look like anything we haven't seen before, it could still be a popcorn fun fueled few hours. I actually agree with him, even though, yeah, I miss the Dora boat, too, as a kid. I, I have to admit, I laughed out loud at a couple of the things in this trailer. I think the, the, the monkey CG was a little oh, off. Yeah, that was yeah, a little off, yeah. It, it was almost like it wasn't fully finished, mm. and I'm like, oh, that's not right. But I don't know. I find her to be a very charming lead, and Absolutely. the two of them as her parents were kind of working for me. So I might actually want to check this out, especially mm. because like, I know my little cousins are going to eat this stuff up. And sometimes, even if something isn't directly geared towards me, I can get joy knowing they love it so much. Mm-hmm. There's a fly in my face. <laughs> you saw it. It's right here. I did. I think I caught. I fucking caught it. Oh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> I'm out the loop. I'm safe. I'm safe. It's a Woo! spicy I one today. Was gonna, no, 
I'm safe. Nailed it. Oh, thank you, Perry. Thank you very much. So, Dora and the Epping Lost City of Gold. Let's move on. The family-friendly show. Family-friendly that just film. leaves us. Now Now we're stuck with the uh, with the plugs right now. There's nowhere to go from here. Um, before we take your live Twitter I have to remind you that there's so much programming for you tomorrow. Collider Live, you might be getting a Dumbo review, so keep an eye out for that. We also have Movie Talk, a brand new episode of Rule of Two. And today on the channel, there was some sports talk. What happened today? There was. We were joined by Mark Fernandez, our fearless leader here, and Jen Sturger slash Jen Decker. She joined me and Matt Nose. We talked about all things from the NCAA tournament over the weekend. Some NFL story with Rob Gronkowski retiring and some NBA news with LeBron missing the playoffs. What's going on with the Celtics and the big baller brand stuff with Lonzo Ball. So, big hour and five minute show. A lot to talk about. We had a great time, so I think you should watch it and enjoy it on the Collider Sports YouTube and podcast feed. And I am still impatiently waiting for fantasy football. Yes, again. Then I'll tune in. We I'm just do kidding. You do a great That's job, sure. Roka. Um, before we move on to Twitter questions, one more reminder for you. If you want to see two episodes of the new Amazon Prime show, Hannah, you got to check out Collider.com because we have a way for you to win tickets right over there to a screening that's happening on Wednesday, March 27th. And if you get screening tickets to that specific screening, you're also going to be able to join us for a Collider meet and greet. Two awesome things in one. Check out Collider.com and figure out how to enter right there. Super simple. All right. Twitter questions. I'm going to start out with a hard one because I saw this one and I know it's going to be difficult to come up with things on the spot, but I really like this question. Um, Maxi Goof tweets, if you had to pick three movies to describe each other's taste in film, what movies would you pick for each other? I'll give you a hot second because I can go right there first and I can, at the very least, I could go Suspiria. Actually, I could do three. Suspiria, Hereditary, and Climax. Yes, true, yes. but it makes me sound like the darkest person in the world. It makes you sound like the queen of dance horror. That's what it makes you sound like. Yes. <laughs> Which is, is definitely my label and my brand. There you go. Yeah. Um, queen of dance horror. I like yeah, that. yeah. I'm down with that. I want that logo. I, draw me up something. Are you an artist? Who's an artist? Draw me a queen of dance horror piece. Yeah. I, I, I want like that. that. You should trip. have that. Oh, you're trying to crack me Oh, no. Out. I can't. I can't. Gonna, uh, can mm. I walk out of horror with you? Yeah. I, I like all kinds of movies. Yeah. Dude. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel like yours are too easy. I know. Is Baby Mama in your thing? Baby, Baby Mama? Mama? No, no. no. Okay. What? <laughs> I'm trying to bust out of the horror yeah, and something yeah. funny. With, that was you so know, out of left field. Yeah, yes. I tried to. You know, I'm, there's a lot of things yeah. to choose from here. Transformers. Yeah. The first one. The sure. first one. Sure. Which which Western do we apply to Roca? Mm. I, I don't know anything which Western about Western. Which Western that won an Oscar would you apply to Roca? Oh, I'm bad at this. Uh, uh, the, uh, with uh, a certain man with no name as the lead. Oh, God, no. Uh, this in 1992. Oh, just say the title, Roca. Unforgiven, yes. Right, 1992. Right, right. Thank oh, you. Oh, you said that before. Or okay. You can do Unforgiven oh, or Logan. Logan, Logan all right, works all right, for me. It right. kills both superhero and Western uh, avenues. Hmm. And Top Gun. Those are the three that okay. you're going to yeah, throw yeah. out for me. I feel if you like wanted... it's easier to just apply movies to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, we should do that. If you wanted to go out of horror for me, they would be like Gross Point Blank and Big Trouble in Little China. Damn it! Yeah. I, I was getting like there. I knew that about Big Trouble. Yeah. I was getting there. <laughs> Perry, of course, Scream. Jurassic Scream, Park. Jurassic Park, and I don't know, fill in the blank with the other one. I know, what would be? That's the fun part. Right. Um, Scream, Jurassic Park. I'm thinking, like, what's on no your walls? Horror. 
Oh, because my yeah, my wall art does give everything Dead away. Giveaway, yeah. um, I mean, no. if you didn't want to go horror, I would probably go Stand by Me because it's one of oh. my it's in my top five of all time. It's my favorite Stephen King adaptation. My uh, wow. my over it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh. That's that's one of my favorite movies of all time. It kind of has sure. to be. But I also have a dog named Gordy after Gordy oh, from Stand by Me. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. That's cool. All right, are we all covered here? I, I think, think so. I think so. We all right. Good. Here is we another question. <laughs> Pat yourselves on the back, please. We didn't please. answer it for ourselves. What about Adam? I'd like to pick three for Adam. I don't know if that's yeah. possible. Oh, no. We have to pick for Adam now. Animal House? No, no. That's a big no, no for Matt Hedgick. No. <laughs> no? All right. Let's pass on this. All right. This next question comes from a king and commoner who asks, actually, Haley, this might be a good question for you because you watched the whole thing. Apple looks like it's trying to be the first streaming aggregator that we're getting. Mm. Who do you think will be next? I'd lean towards Disney. Can you explain what that means a little bit first? Yeah. So in the in the presentation, they essentially revealed that you'll be able to have the shows or the networks you like all within this Apple TV Plus, except like Netflix was not an option. <laughs> but, you know, if you like AMC stuff or whatever, you can watch it through this Apple TV Plus and it ha- it'll have this new queue area where like instead of just how Netflix will tell you what you were watching on Netflix, it'll tell you what you were just watching on like all your favorite channels and stuff so you can go right back to it. And it's an interesting thing because... (laughs) Stop watching me! Yeah, no, 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 for sure. Uh, They tried so hard today to be like, we respect your privacy. You lie! (laughs) They just want their data for themselves. They just don't want to share it. That's all that is. Anyway, uh, Disney is, I think, too invested in their own brand, Mm -hmm. probably, as is Netflix. Possibly Amazon I could see getting into it. But I don't know. Apple is at the forefront of something there in that they're making it. I I think that for the cord cutters out there, things have started getting a little overwhelming with Mm -hmm. how many, you know, it used to be cheaper to cut the cord. Now it's getting more expensive. There's too much to keep track of. All those passwords. Uh, (laughs) This makes it really simple and uh, possibly more affordable. So we'll see. But yeah, stop watching me. Yeah. Why do you have all this time? I have a Roku. <laughs> a Roku. I barely yeah. go to my cable. I got to cut that cord because I just spend time on the Roku with the apps, mm-hmm. which I pay for and my girlfriend pays for. So I'm good with that. You Me start too. throwing in 40 freaking apps and 40 different. I can't keep. I won't be able to cap, keep. I up. do quite like my Apple TV, but this makes me a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> It reminds me of the Parks and Rec episode that, hope, that showed over the weekend where they, it was Jorma uh, Tacone is the head of that uh, a corporation and then they come in and they start data mining everybody in Pawnee and they start sending them drones of things they think they are going to buy <laughs> in the future until Ron Swanson shoots one out of the sky and goes, we got to stop these people. Oh, boy. My dude. Yeah. Nice and creepy. A creepy way to leave you <laughs> on today's movie talk. Don't worry. You can rest easy. We do not watch you in your sleep. It's fine. It's fine. Have a good one, guys. A thank you to Haley and Roka for being here today. Adam in the booth. We're going to figure out your movies real soon. <laughs> guys, do not forget to like and share this episode of Movie Talk. Tell everybody you know about the show in video form on the YouTube channel and also on the podcast network as well. Thank you guys so much for watching. Tune in tomorrow, 4 p.m. PT, live for a brand new episode.